And I come on this particular Lord's Day, on this Theological Education or Seminary Sunday in our denomination, in a spirit of gratitude. Um, not just gratitude for the opportunity to share in leading worship with uh, a former student and now colleague, person that uh, I recall with warmth, uh, sharing in mutual learning uh, in many a class session, but also for familiar faces as you are a congregation that shares a lot in theological education, uh, in the membership of this congregation of colleagues and former colleagues at the seminary, in the internships that you have provided, as I recall some of the students that we have sent to be a part of the ministry of this church, and in all the other ways that you embody, to use a word that I learned from my former colleague, Walt Davis, uh, you embody the faith and you embody the scholarship that we try to offer to our students. Thank you for that partnership in theological education. And in that spirit of gratitude, I hope that the interpretation of the Word of God that we offer in the next few moments is of help to you as you continue to deepen your understanding of the Word of God and as you continue to seek to live that out. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord our strength, and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. The first church that I served right after seminary was a small congregation in Sacramento. The practice, I was told by elders in the church, was each Sunday for the pastor before worship to pray not only with the choir, but also to pray with the Sunday school students. And so even though there were only 35 adult members in that small congregation, there were 16 children scattered between uh, first grade, sort of, although there were some, I think, that were kindergarten who were sneaking in as overachievers, uh, all the way through high school. And on one of my first Sundays, it was my in the providence of God, my privilege to stand next to Ryan. And as I held his hand and the hand of the person on the other side, because he was so proud that he knew the Lord's Prayer and he knew it well, he shouted it out. And in that shouting, I had to open my eyes because he said, Our Father who art in heaven, how do you know my name? And he was proud to say that. I looked over, and in the most non-anxious way I could summon, I didn't say, that's not right. I said, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan taught me something that morning. We pray in words not just that have been taught to us, not those that we've been asked to memorize so that we can recite them together in worship or in family around dinner tables, but we learn prayers in ways that make sense to us. That way of praying the Lord's Prayer made sense to Ryan, 
who would come day in, Sunday in and Sunday out to Sunday school to hear how God loved all the people around the world. And he thought, I'm just one. How does this God know my name, Ryan? It's the kind of learning that's helpful as we look at the text for this morning. Because you may have wondered as we read the Lord's Prayer in Luke's Gospel, did Luke get this wrong? It didn't sound like the Lord's Prayer that we usually, we ordinarily pray. Did you catch what Luke seems to leave out? Not our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, but simply Father, hallowed or holy be your name. And there's other parts that he leaves out. So we might ask, did Luke stop listening and record incorrectly all that Jesus said to the disciples should be included in that prayer? I'm helped by Aubrey Hendricks, a friend and a New Testament scholar, who points out in his book, The Politics of Jesus, the question, maybe there's more than one Lord's Prayer. If we read carefully and closely in Matthew, the Lord's Prayer is a part of the Sermon on the Mount. That's not what Luke is talking about here. And it's not Jesus preaching to the crowds and saying, pray then like this. But it's Jesus with a smaller circle, just the disciples. And he doesn't say this is how you should pray as Matthew does, but this is what you should say. Aubrey Hendricks helps us with that prayer. He says it's part of the politics of Jesus, and that's a whole other sermon, but if you look through that book, there are interesting points that Hendricks makes when he says things like, it's a prayer of resistance in some ways because to simply say, may God's kingdom, or Aubrey says, may God's empire come, is a daring thing to say when you know you live in the Roman Empire. In the midst of living under the rule, the oppressive rule of Rome to say, I pray for a different empire. I pray that we are under the dominion of someone other than the emperor is a political prayer, a prayer of resistance. It's also a political prayer when it gets to talking about food, bread. Because it says, in what we are accustomed to saying, give us this day our daily bread. Although, as we look at different translations of the Greek, there isn't that sense of bread that we possess or we are entitled to possess for ourselves. One New Testament scholar all the way back in 1896 said, if we read the Greek, the closest we can translate to this phrase is continually give us day by day bread that we need. Not our bread, 
the bread that we need. And I think Luke wants to make sure his readers, his listeners, don't misunderstand to that phrase to mean, give us bread that we deserve, that's supposed to be ours. And so he follows that passage with regard to this version of the Lord's Prayer, this other, this another Lord's Prayer with the parable. Some scholars say we call it the parable of the friend at midnight, and they think, well, actually, the main character of this parable isn't the friend, it's the bread. What if that's the focus? And if we read the story and listen to it, thinking about the bread, a person, a character in this parable is inconvenienced late in the day at midnight by a friend who comes to visit and who needs to eat. The question then becomes, because the host doesn't have bread, how is this person to be fed? It necessitates asking. It necessitates that host going next door and inconveniencing another person, a neighbor, by asking, friends, can you lend me three loaves of bread so that I might feed this other person? Luke helps us not limit our understanding of that petition in the Lord's Prayer. It isn't, give me this day the bread that I need to eat. As Nicholas Berdiev points out, bread for myself to eat is a physical matter. Because of this Lord's Prayer, bread for my neighbor is a spiritual matter. And this character in the parable is shameless enough in some translations, brash enough in other translations to go next door, to disturb his or her neighbor at midnight to say, can you help me feed somebody else? If that's what we pray for, how does that broaden or deepen our understanding of what Jesus is encouraging, teaching his disciples to pray. Jesus says, unlike in the Matthew passage, Jesus says in Luke, say this, not say something like this. Say this, ask this when you pray to God. And I think to reinforce it, which really changes my understanding of the ask and seek and knock passage, it isn't we encourage you, I encourage you to ask, I encourage you to seek, I encourage you to knock so that on the other side of that door, Jesus will come into your heart. It's the asking, seeking, and knocking so that the person on the other side of the door will join you in feeding the one who is hungry. It's a different kind of asking, not for ourselves, but for our neighbor. It's an asking for God's help to help us to help others. And I hope as we recite this prayer, as we teach it to our young, 
as we deepen our understanding of it each time we pray it and as we go back to the scriptures to look at it, to refresh our memories, we remember to read it and to not stop reading too soon. To read that prayer as it is in Luke and to keep reading as Luke gives us the parable that helps us to understand it in a different way. In a way that says, not for myself, but asking for God to help me help others. Asking for God to help me to have enough bread that I can feed others even at those inconvenient times like midnight. And even more, to ask that God give me the courage, the shamelessness to advocate for others, to enlist, to recruit, to encourage others to join in that feeding of others. As we continue to pray that prayer and to live that out. May we do so in the spirit of the hymn that we are about to sing. Words in the hymn that say, I thank thee, Lord, for strength of arm to win my bread and that beyond my need is meat for friends unfed. I thank thee much for bread to live, I thank thee more for bread to give. In that spirit, in the spirit of that other Lord's Prayer, as Luke shares it with us, let us join in singing this hymn.